Hi, I am Jason Evanish, CEO of Lighthouse, and this is the Creating High-Performing Teams podcast. We aim to be the most actionable podcast on leadership and management you'll ever hear. As every episode, we try to teach you things that you can immediately act on to become a better leader at your workplace. Today, I'm joined by Christoph Rokowski, who is a longtime Lighthouse Lessons customer and also has over 20 years of experience in IT, 11 of them as a manager. He currently works at a company called eMag, which is a leading e-commerce group, where he manages the IT hub in Warsaw, Poland. He's also a published author, a frequent speaker, and he co-hosts a podcast for future new leaders in IT called Nerd Management. Note, this one's in Polish. Uh, so for those of you Polish speakers who are joining the podcast, you'll have to check out nerd.management. Um, he believes in leadership through empowering and growing others, and that's what gives him the most satisfaction. So we're super excited to have him joining today, and he's another one of our international representatives joining our podcast. So thanks for joining us today, Krzysztof. How are you doing? All right. So I worked uh, since high school. I got my first computer very early, and I was trying to figure out ways of how to earn money with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was doing mostly some programming, so web development, some databases and such. But also I had some experience with, uh, you know, manual labor, labor mm -hmm. yeah? like uh, working in the supermarket, in the seafood section, <laughs> or working yeah. as a barista in Atlantic City Casino, or, you know, cleaning beach houses on the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were fun times. Mm. But anyway, from the very beginning, I was attracted to leading people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying managing because, well, working as a barista, I didn't have this <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, more about helping them mm -hmm. rather than, you know, ordering them around. Yeah. So, for example, when I was working in this coffee shop, I was looking for ways to how to improve what we are doing, mm -hmm. yeah? how to make uh, customers uh, be served better. Mm -hmm. yeah? When I was in the university, I was elected to the student council yeah? mm -hmm. and I was responsible for helping um, our colleagues from other countries that were coming to Poland and were studying in our university. Mm -hmm. um, then for a year and a half, I was trying to run my business. So it was a clash with all the this, um, let's say, formal side of management, like paying taxes, paying your people on time and uh, bringing business to the company. Mm -hmm. yeah? So um, from the very beginning, I think I was happy to, you know, to find some opportunities to improve the company that I was working mm -hmm. in and the organization that I was part of. And I was happy to grab any of that kind of, you know, leadership opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that um, leadership is not something, some kind of, I don't know, skills that you are born with yeah this is like kind of a little bit of skill but also a uh, luck and uh, attitude mm -hmm. yeah um or maybe the other way <laughs> attitude and a little bit of luck here yeah mm -hmm. um, and uh, at some at some point uh, almost 11 years ago mm -hmm. i was working um, as a software developer uh, in uh, advertising agency mm -hmm. And I had a little bit of free time and I was learning some new technology yeah, that was um, new at, the, at this time, wasn't that popular. Yeah. And a few months later, um, the largest bank in our country uh, came to our company and they said they want to have some project done mm -hmm. specifically in this technology. Yeah. Yeah? 
and I was the only guy in the IT department of like 50, 70 people that knew this technology. Okay. So they, they promoted me to the team leader and asked me to form a team mm -hmm. and start a project. Yeah. And this is something that I, I see, this, this is how I got into management, yeah, this formal management. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think this is the usual path, very frequent path in IT mm -hmm. that they take um, specialists, somebody who is like the most skilled person in the, in the room, yeah, and they, ma they make this person manager. Uh, sometimes it's, it's good, sometimes it's bad, but this is kind of, let's say, something that um, happens in IT. Mm -hmm. And so this is how I got on this path. Very cool. And, and so how did you, how did you learn to become a good leader? What, what, uh, what's been mo most helpful for you to learn and improve as a manager and become a better leader? Mm. So I must say that, uh, when I was starting, I was on this lowest level of, um, the competence. So I was unconsciously in incompetent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I thought that I know everything mm -hmm. and that, uh, um, I, I'm pretty sure what I should do. And the only thing that, uh, <clears throat> and the only thing that we uh, need to do as a team is be really optimistic mm -hmm. and focus on our work and, you know, just get to work, do some, do some stuff and we'll be the best team in the company and we'll be, you know, um, doing what we are asked to do and it will be successful. Mm -hmm. um, so of course I started with the usual path that specialists uh, who are promoted to managers mm -hmm. do. So I wanted to still to be the smartest guy in the <laughs> room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was taking lots of work for myself. I was trying to do my best and putting lots of hours and, you know, learning all the technical stuff. Uh, so I was trying to be the best individual contributor. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And, um, but that doesn't, doesn't scale, right. obviously. Right. You still have like eight hours or 10, maybe hours a day and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course I was also neglecting the part with uh, making sure my people were growing and were happy and were treated fairly. And right. So, um, I, and it took me like, I think maybe nine months or a year or something like this to, to see that and to realize and to recognize that this, it's not possible to them uh, for the manager to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be the individual contributor and, um, your goal is to hire people that are smarter than you. Yeah. Uh, people who have more experience in this, let's say, for example, some technical yep. stuff that your team is doing. Yeah. And I, I, I was looking then, I started looking for really great developers uh, and I wanted to hire them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they were even paid better than me. Sure. Um, and, um, and my goal was to, you know, make them grow. Mm -hmm feel good in the environment, help them solve problems, make sure they're happy. Yeah. So they have this, let's say environment that they can do their job. And uh, that's what you should do as a manager, as a leader, yeah. not just, you know, doing the individual contributor work. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, uh, that, you know, you started out like a lot of people where you thought like the manager's kind of supposed to be the boss and like dictate to other people. So mm -hmm. can you think, was there a specific moment or maybe a, a, a phase of time for you where you had, uh, I think in America, we call it an epiphany, you know, this moment of clarity in your mind where you go, Oh, I need to change what I'm doing. 
And so I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. do you remember, was there a specific moment or maybe like a phase of time you remember that was causing you to have that realization that you couldn't be the smartest person in the room and that you couldn't dictate everything to your team? Like what caused that change for you to start to realize, hey, I need mm-hmm. to hire people smarter than me and empower them? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's when, mm, you know, there's so much work and uh, you are trying to do everything yeah. and you, you you try to do all this technical stuff and you try to be the best. And there you see that, for example, people are not happy. People have some problems. Yeah. They are not growing. They are, uh, for example, they are leaving because it, it, it's not the the best place for them. And you see that, you know, you, you, you have to juggle that. Mm-hmm. And you, mm, I, I realized that, you know, the return on investment will be um, higher when I do different things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I cannot say that it was like just, just, just one, you know, Eureka moment. Yeah. It came came with time. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I have to admit that for the now, after 11 years, I'm still learning. Yeah. But um, I wasn't the best manager for the first few <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and when I'm looking back, I'm not sure I'd, I would like to have that kind of manager as I was. But still, um, the other important lesson that I, I had, and I, I think I would like to share, mm-hmm. is um, uh, about how you treat your people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that we there were, we had some very important project. It was behind schedule. Um, it was um, middle of summer mm-hmm. uh, in 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 Poland. We had um, the soccer championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Europe, we call it football, but <laughs> you call it soccer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and we had to work uh, during weekends mm-hmm. and with very old office without, without air conditioning Ooh. during summer. And uh, all the management, project managers, like CEO, everyone, they went to the, to the stadium, you know, to see the game. And they were like posting photos on Facebook uh-uh. that they are having a good time, etc. Yeah, you can you can imagine how how my uh, my team felt. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> and uh, obviously, I felt I it was kind of something that I felt you now that I have to stay with them. Even on this at this stage, I didn't have that much work to do. It was like like the bugging testing, yeah, something like mm-hmm. this. But I was there and I was, you know, ordering pizza, energy drinks, and, you know, I brought TV so we could wa- wa- watch the game anyway and, and, and such. Mm, um, and to add insult to injury, the mm, management at some point say that, said that they didn't want to pay full overtime. Mm-hmm. So mm, you can imagine that the team wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And mm, But at the end... I saw that um, because I treated them like a, you know, like a human beings mm-hmm. and I was with them there and I was helping them and I fought for, uh, their, um, their overtime. Um, uh, so you fought for some like their benefits and to take uh, care of them. Yeah. All right. So, so I fought for their um, overtime benefits yeah. Yeah, and uh, they saw that, that, that I, I was, you know, doing that for them. Mm, uh, it, mm, let's say, influenced their morale positively. Yeah? Yeah. They, I, I saw that some of them left because of this, but some of them stayed because uh, I treated them as a, like, you know, as a human being. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also important lesson at the very, let's say, beginning to have some values yeah, that are important for, for you and treat people like, like people. Yeah? Yeah, that's great. Um, and so 
other than kind of some of these hard lessons learned, like I, I could tell, I could like, I think everyone can kind of visualize that like visceral feeling of, of kind of resentment and maybe a little bit of frustration of like, Hey, I'm working weekends. And like the big, the big head of the company is like partying and having fun at the thing I'd like to be at. Um, I, you know, I think we can all kind of feel how that would feel if it was our team having that happen. Uh, I'm curious what kinds of things over the years has helped you kind of learn those skills, uh, beyond kind of the trial and error and those like hard kind of scarring experiences that I think we all go through, like what kinds of things has maybe helped you learn in a little, a little less painful way. Uh, some of the things that were the right mm -hmm. things to do, you know, uh, you know, things like books or courses or, or, uh, mm -hmm. or, or mentors or coaches or anything like that. What kinds of things helped you kind of start to learn, learn those skills, uh, maybe ahead of big painful moments like the soccer match situation. Yeah, um, I think it, um, one of the very important things um, is this is something for for me, for example, as a leader right now that um, that I'm working with other uh, leaders um, is the your first boss. Yeah, yeah. when you are uh, and this boss could be very good boss or very bad yeah. boss. Yeah, I had a great boss and he he was like a mentor for me yeah. and he. Uh, told me lots of things that I couldn't read from the books. I just saw because he was um, he was giving me an example how to how to be a good boss, yeah. uh, how to work. Um, and uh, of course, you can have negative example. Yeah, yeah. You, have, you have very bad boss, and then you you see some pattern, and you are saying, "I don't want to be like this person, and I will be completely different." Mm -hmm. um, so this is uh, this is like um, you know um, learning through through some example. Mm -hmm. um, of course, now we have great opportunity of learning from books, from podcasts, from courses like yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, that there is like lots, lots, lots of free or cheap or um, very affor affordable information mm -hmm. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think it, it depends on the on the um, uh, on how you process information and how you are learning. Yeah. Some people like audiobooks, some people like books, some people like podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, the um, let's say the most effective learning is on the job. Yeah. So you are doing stuff and you are making mistakes and you are learning from them or you have peers that you discuss and you work with with peers. Yes. And and then you can exchange some information. Mm -hmm. I think we'll get to that uh, later. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, if I would I, I would say that uh, reading materials are like, yeah, they are very useful, but the most important is discussing with peers or having some mentor or somebody who, who, from whom you can, you can learn. That's great. That's great. Um, and, and so as you've kind of tried a lot of these things, um, what have you found? Um, uh, I guess, when did you start kind of doing these things like discussing with peers and things like that? Is that something that someone taught you is it something you decided to try as you were starting to grow leaders around you um how did how did kind of the peer learning start to emerge for me for me it was um, i'm i think i i have this growth mindset mm -hmm. treats that when i saw some so uh, see somebody go, doing like a great job uh, being good at what they are doing. I don't uh, see them as a threat, mm -hmm. but I see them as somebody that I 
can you know learn from and i just go to them and ask them all right how you did that yeah. and please teach me <laughs> so and i think it's very valuable yeah yeah this is something that that uh, was in one of your lessons that we receive um, uh, the g g fixed versus growth mindset yes um, uh, the being open for this uh, having this radar yeah mm -hmm. to look for people that are doing great stuff. Mm -hmm. This is something that I, I tell to, to the leaders that I'm working with, that they should, you know, when they see somebody doing great thing in our company or outside, they should go ask and, you know, ask maybe for some consultation yeah. or um, have a discussion because most of the people are very happy to help you to answer your questions. They will do it for free. Yeah. This is like a human nature yeah. Yeah, that they will feel good to help somebody. Yeah. So there is lots of, and it's very valuable to talk with somebody who is expert, who is good at, mm -hmm. at what they are doing. And they most probably they will help you for free and they will be happy that you are asking them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're totally right. I think uh, mentorship is one of those things when you're young, you're extremely grateful for the people that help you. And as you get older, you start to realize that as a mentor, you actually get a lot out of the relationship too. Uh, both, I think, personal enjoyment and satisfaction of helping someone who maybe is in a position like you were in one day in the past. But also, I have found the people I've mentored in my in my career, I've gotten a lot out of the relationship as well. Actually, like it doesn't seem like it when you're the mentee, you're the person learning. But as a mentor, you can actually learn an awful lot from the from the people you help and support as well. That's true. Mm, there are, let's say, few few sides of this. Yeah. First of all, when you uh, have to teach someone something, then you have to really think yes. about this. Yeah, it's very hard to explain something. You need you really need to understand understand um, this subject very very good. And other thing is that uh, it it gives me like great great satisfaction when i see that somebody who i mentored like maybe after i don't know three months or six months i see that this person was promoted or did something great and it's really really very satisfying very exciting when you see that somebody that was working with you is successful this is this is something that is it's really awesome yeah absolutely so Going back to, I know you've done a bunch of different uh, forms of learning for yourself and for your teams, and so you've. Mm -hmm. So, so now that you're you're a leader of a group of other leaders, uh, how do you think about not just your growth but those of your team? Mm -hmm. mm, so it's difficult uh, to work on leaders' development mm -hmm. mm, because sometimes there is an assumption that if somebody is leader. He, you know, he was promoted to the leadership position. They yeah. already they they know everything, <laughs> and they are they are they are best in their job. Yes, and they know what they are doing. And ego plays a huge role. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it's completely natural. Yeah? yeah. Sometimes when my boss tells me that I'm I should do something better, I I'm not <laughs> happy or I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. So. Um, uh, but on the other hand, everybody has to grow. Yeah. 
even the CEO of the company has to grow. Yeah? Yes. So you you can't just leave it uh, and assume that, for example, they will take um, they will take care of their growth by themselves. Yeah. Um, sometimes they won't see the blind spots or they don't have an idea uh, how to proceed. Yeah. So. Um, um, uh, for example, this is something that didn't work for me. Just asking them, all right, so what training do you want or what do you want to learn? Mm, yeah. The only thing that they say that we should continue are lighthouse lessons yeah. Yeah, because they like it. Um, uh, but <clears throat> uh, so what worked for me? Yeah. Mm, first of all, <clears throat> it's important to understand uh, what do we expect from them as a manager yeah. on this specific position. Uh, what do I expect from the team leader? Yes. Mm, uh, so let's start with the expectations. But my experience is that for, I saw job descriptions for the team leaders and it was like, uh, is conducting one-on-ones, mm. is attending meetings and is uh, doing some reports. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think this is a good way. It, it, it should be just some KPIs or things that they should do. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's important to understand why you have this leader in your company yeah yeah and it's not because uh, he or she has to do some specific tasks or do hiring or approve vacation requests yeah, yeah. um no leader is co- not this is not the role of the leader mm. there is a team and the team is there so they deliver some kind of product uh, with some kind of quality that we expect and it's uh, on time for example mm-hmm. and the leaders law that the only the only let's say the only purpose of leader here is that the team is doing what they are what what they have to do mm-hmm. yeah and from this from this let's say main expectation we can branch out some other things yeah like Having having a team that is um, competent, yeah. uh, having having actually the people on the team with different skills or so recruitment, have, doing some reporting that is required by the by the corporation. But this is something that goes from this original expectations. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Give me a second. Sure. So the team has certain yes. Yeah, so the team has mm-hmm. certain expectations that they need to deliver on, and it's the leader's job to make sure that happens, but usually they're not robots. So it takes a little more, a little more effort and, and, and more nuanced approaches, right? Yeah. So basically it's, my idea is that you don't expect leaders to use some tools like one-on-ones or KPIs or whatever. Mm -hmm. They, they are there to, to fulfill those goals and expectations of a team. Mm, and mm, when you know the expectations, it's important, of course, that you agree on them with your team, with your leaders that are working with you. Mm-hmm. Mm, you can start assessing where they stand. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, task relevant maturity yeah. is a great tool that tells you mm, where they stand uh, in different, let's say, in, in, in those expectations. Uh, and then, uh, starting from that, you can um, you can see what they have to improve, mm-hmm. and then you can work with them to improve those specific uh, specific areas. Mm, and that's of course the start of the journey, because then when you know what you what you have to improve, then you can start working. On yeah. It. So for for those listening that aren't familiar, <laughs> uh, for those not familiar, task relevant task relevant maturity 
is a concept from Andy Grove, who is the CEO of Intel in this amazing book called High Output Management, which we recommend to people all the time. And the important thing in that concept is that instead of kind of one size fits all management, what you do is you evaluate people based on the individual tasks or assignments or responsibilities you give them. And so if somebody's brand new to a task, you're more hands-on. And if they're experienced and very good at a task, you're hands-off. But what that means is for any individual person, you may be hands-on in certain situations. And for the exact same person, other situations where you trust them and they have the skills, you're very hands-off as opposed to what many managers mistakenly do is they are hands-on for everything for one person and hands-off for everything for another person. And that, of course, creates a lot of issues. And so really important concept Chris, that you brought up here is this idea that you know you you want to evaluate an individual task and individual skills and approaches uh, how one person on your team is doing and help them improve in one specific area where they need it most. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, what's important, I think, is to to realize and to let's say to be okay with that that you can be uh, have like low skills uh, in some specific field, and that's okay. Yeah. There are no people that are best at everything. It's okay to be <laughs> to be a little bit, um, let's say, uh, worst or um, having um, uh, lower skills in some fields, and that's okay. This is where you can, you know, improve. Mm -hmm. That's great. So knowing that everyone in your in your team, you know, is going to have different skills gaps, and you can't necessarily ask them what they want to learn. You kind of have to help them figure out maybe where there's gaps for them to work. Um, how have you as a, as a leader, you know, started to work on the, those different things with people? What, what has, uh, what has made a difference in trying to overcome the fact that everybody is a little bit different and they maybe don't necessarily know what, what they'd like to learn, but you know, they have things they need to learn. When you know what they should learn or what they should improve, it's like an individual thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I, I think it's very, very important to uh, have the relationship with mm -hmm. everyone, one-on-one -on -one relationship. Yeah. Yeah? So, of course, one-on-one -on -one meetings yeah. are something that uh, it's it's essential. Yeah. I'm meeting with my leaders um, every week. Mm -hmm. And this is something that um, I think for, for me, this is like my duty to be there yeah. for them. And I, I, I'm not canceling or postponing those meetings. I, I'm there for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to have this kind of relationship with them. Yeah. And um, depending on what you want to improve, you have to find specific tools. Sometimes we are uh, looking for some mentor mm -hmm. that we can pay like for a few, few sessions with some mentor. Yeah. Sometimes we are buying some course or some, um, I don't know, some um, online, online training. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we are looking for some peer group in our company. That, yeah are you know familiar with some kind of technology or some or some skill so it should be like very very focused yeah and mm -hmm. very um, very um, let's say um, personalized yeah that's great so so how did you first come across lighthouse lighthouse lessons are are our courses that you and your team have done a few of do you remember how you found us I remember um, that one of my team leaders sent me a link to your blog mm -hmm. And uh, I really liked it, so I sus subscribed. Mm -hmm. mm, uh, and I think at some point mm, I saw some advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really, yeah, I really liked, I really liked the content. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I was happy with the quality of the content you provided for free. Mm -hmm. So I, I expected the same or higher quality from the paid content. So yeah. that's, that's why um, I decided to try the lessons. Mm -hmm. mm. Were you, of course, yes, there. well, ask a question. Oh yeah. So, so one of the things, uh, one of the things about the program is this idea that you meet as a team to discuss it. Were you already meeting with your team or was this kind of a new idea to start to meet with your team? to uh, go, go over the lessons and talk about leadership challenges and things like that? So uh, we are meeting from time to time mm -hmm. and we are trying to you know, find some subjects to discuss and it, depend, it, it depended on the situation. Yeah, sometimes there was some subject to discuss, sometimes not. Uh, sometimes uh, there was some book or some training that we wanted to discuss, but it was like, it was sometimes it was happening, sometimes not. So mm -hmm. uh, the Lighthouse lessons, um, uh, I, I, we like them because they created some habit, yeah, some routine. Yeah, mm -hmm. We uh, spend like 30 minutes reading uh, email, then one hour discussing, and this is some routine that we started. Mm -hmm. So even when we finish the, you know, the cycle, yeah. some lessons and, and we have some time between, we are still meeting and there we are discussing some books or, or whatever, yeah, some current, current subjects. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that we, we found is pretty common. Occasionally we have, we have companies that already were meeting as, as, as managers together, but a lot aren't. And I think a lot of them, a, a great byproduct that I love is that people realize that there is actually huge value in creating community within your company around the different leaders in your organizations, actually getting time to connect with each other, uh, build bonds and specifically discuss what, what is hard about being a leader, uh, because so much of being a leader is kind of self-taught, you know, you can go to school for parts of it. Maybe if you go to graduate school, uh, or something like that, but a lot of the best leadership skills happen in the workplace and on the job. And so being able to discuss with your peers, especially if say there's, you know, uh, cultural challenges in your company or, or just ways that your company likes to do things that is like tribal knowledge you want to pass on having that safe environment where it's just your peers and fellow leaders together is uh, i think a really powerful environment regardless of what you do with that time yeah especially that we are i might say very very busy mm -hmm. and <laughs> it's uh, sometimes hard to find this time yeah, to yeah. meet and discuss there's there's always something more uh, more important so um, uh, this is also something that it's, it's, um, I really like it. It's uh, this program is great for the busy people. Yeah, that you just get the email, you read it, and sometimes we are not discussing specifically uh, the the things that supposed to be discussed <laughs> in the uh, in the in the, in the agenda. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but still, um, sometimes it goes somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. the discussion goes. Mm, sideways, but still there is a value yeah? yeah, because we are discussing something that's important for us mm -hmm. and sometimes something that, uh, that, that mm, we want to share. And as I mentioned, this, uh, peer, peer discussions are the most valuable for me, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. We spend, <laughs> we try very hard to encourage people to try and do that because I think there is just, there's so much value and knowledge that like your peers have and no one. I don't think anyone understands the situation you have as a manager in your day to day, quite like the other managers in your company, um, because you all share the same culture, you share uh, much of the same language and communication styles, and and they'll understand the nuance of different 
challenges that may be unique to your industry and things like that. And being able to kind of share some of that trial and error together and, and things that you've done is a really powerful thing that just, it's so easy for it not to happen and not to have those chances to build those connections. But then once you start to have them, you see how, how powerful it really is to just connect, sit down and connect with your fellow managers for a few minutes, uh, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks. So you already mentioned uh, uh, one of the concepts that we teach a lot with task relevant maturity. Uh, I'm curious now that you and your teams have actually gone through uh, a number of our programs. I'm curious uh, what maybe are some of the most memorable lessons for you? What are some of the topics that have really stood out for you as, as things that have been helpful for you or some of the leaders that, that, you, that you work with? So actually, I think two topics that uh, I already mentioned yeah. because they are popping up all the time. Yeah. This is like um, the task relevant maturity mm -hmm. and the other um, subject that is related, the waterline principle. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, something that uh, pops up all the time yeah. when we are discussing about what we are doing, about what are our people, etc. Yeah. And, and the other um, is about this growth versus fixed mindset. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is something that also we are um, frequently, we are seeing those patterns and we are discussing it. Yeah. So of course, every lesson has its uh, value and there are like lots of subjects, but I, I think those two are very, very practical. Yeah. Can you maybe share a story? So you've already talked, about, we've talked a bunch about the task relevant maturity, but I'm curious, can you share maybe a story, an example of how the waterline principle has come into play, come into play for you or, so, or one of your managers? Without going much into yeah, the specifics, yeah. uh, we, we have this situation that we have one of the team leaders to delegate more and because he's got like a lot, lots of lots uh, on his plate mm -hmm. thinking about you know what what he what he can delegate and how to do that mm -hmm. to this waterline princi principle um, uh, which says that you know you can draw th that kind of line yeah mm -hmm. and uh, above this line it's like safe to for people to make mistakes and make errors and you know uh, they they can um, they can um, fail and that's still okay because they will learn something yeah. yeah and below that line it's below the water so they it's not pos they they cannot make mistakes there because the failure will be catastrophical for your company yeah, you're thinking of it like or a boat. For your business or for whatever yeah just for context yeah. for people the water line is about a boat and so above the water line obviously you could patch the hole but if it's below the water line it will sink your boat so so that yeah. that is what you what you have to avoid and it's a great way to frame a conversation where, especially I think if you have a problem that you think is threatening below the waterline, you know, you may want to raise the concern earlier or have a more serious and in-depth discussion before you decide what to do. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this is something that I, I, I did uh, now is because we are discussing this so frequently, yeah. it's like, you know, we are just asking, all right, this is, uh, you know, above the, 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 the line or below. Yeah. And that's it. Everybody knows, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's the question and, yeah. um, and, and how to respond. That's great. And, and so I'm curious, like when you, when you think about like the fact that you have done a number, number of, uh, programs, I know we're going to be starting a new one for you here in the new year soon. Uh, what, what are the, like, do you think are the most important elements that that keep you coming back? Like what, what has made you want to keep doing programs with us? There are a few things. First of all, for me as a, uh, as a, as a, as a leader here, um, I see that, you know, that the return on investment is really good because they're reasonably priced. Yeah. 
but they bring a value. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have my leaders meeting every week and mm -hmm. every meeting brings some value and we are growing. Yeah. So this is uh, really great. Mm -hmm. Other is how this is uh, delivered. Yeah. yeah. This, we, 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 we are very busy and we don't have that much time. So it's really convenient to have the email and we don't, because um, the, you, you cannot have a, you know, exclusive ownership of knowledge, yeah? <laughs> the knowledge that you, yeah. the knowledge that you supply, you can read it from the books, from the trainings or podcasts or whatever. Yeah. yeah? Um, but the way that you are, you, you deliver it, it's unique. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, it's easy to consume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, um, it, it brings the value. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that uh, keeps us uh, coming back. Mm -hmm. The other thing, like something that is, let's say, memorable for me, mm -hmm. we had this uh, situations a um, few times that, for example, somebody was on a holiday mm -hmm. uh, or was sick, but they anyway, they wanted to join the meeting because they see value in that. Yeah. And somebody was joining us from uh, from hotel <laughs> or from car yeah, yeah. Uh, because they were driving to seaside or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so this, I, can you imagine somebody joining a Zoom call to for a meeting <laughs> when they are on holiday? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, um, but they are doing this yeah, because they see value in the, those meetings. That's uh, that's awesome to hear. I have not heard someone before wanted to uh, break away from their vacation because they didn't want to miss out on the group discussion. But that's fantastic, and that's yeah. certainly something that that uh, that we we hope for uh, when we try and help. But it's it, it's uh, really really kind of humbling to hear that they uh, they appreciate this that much. <laughs> um, thinking about these programs, then you know, for someone who maybe hasn't done one of our, our programs before, what do you think is key for success, uh, to, to making this work so that they do get that kind of, uh, impact or ROI from making this investment in they, and maybe a group of managers at their company, what do you think is key to, to having it work out well for them? So, um, I think, um, it's common to join that kind of newsletter programs, yeah, that you subscribe and you get like a series of, uh, emails over a few weeks and, mm -hmm you read it or not, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere in your inbox. Yeah. Mm, so I think the key here is to have that time. I think in one of your courses, you encourage to have this uh, habit yeah, that yes. mm, you set aside some time in your schedule to read the email and go through it. Yeah? Actually, it's in and every single program. We start every program actually with the habit building of saying, Hey, oh, yeah. you should prioritize this. Yeah. I'm sure you, you guys have done enough. I'm sure you like almost gloss over on yeah, it because yeah. we, because we make it a bonus <laughs> lesson. We don't even count true. it towards the total number mm -hmm. of lessons. When we tell you it's 12 lessons, mm -hmm. there's a bonus 13th that tells you at the start how to build the habit it but you're you're absolutely right we mm -hmm. we want you to think about like this is an investment in yourself and you should schedule the time so sorry go ahead and uh, continue I, that's a really important thing we try and do yeah yeah so i mean i this is of course something that is obvious even i have the, just by coincidence yeah. the atomic habits oh uh, yes um uh, book that's yeah great so habits habits are the are the, are the most important and um, uh, you have you need to have this habit, like uh, put the, the time in your schedule to go through this email, actually read it. Yeah. And then the discussion. I think the discussion is the most important 
you know, to, you talk with your peers and you have a discussion and um, this is where, when the learning happens. Yeah. Of course, there is also some things like how you personally process this knowledge. For example, yeah. I'm making a note from each email. Mm -hmm. So I uh, write this in my own words and then it, I know my mind processes it in a more efficiently, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We've talked a bunch about the, 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 the kind of meeting as a group. And so I'm curious, how did you, how did you originally present this to your team? Like, were they, were they excited by the initial idea of, of having another meeting on their schedule to, to do something? Or did it take some convincing to get them to want to like add more to their calendar to talk about this thing that you're going to try out? Of course they weren't excited. <laughs> it was like, all right, one more meeting. Um, but uh, as usual with every every change or improvement i mm, had these people that were more excited than others yeah they were like mm -hmm. all right let's do this that, that would be great let's see mm -hmm. yeah some of them were reluctant mm -hmm. but i think after few meetings like two or three meetings mm, they really uh, liked it and even we made the rule that if there is one person absent, we can still keep the meeting. But if there is, there are two people absent, we are not doing the meeting. We will meet, uh, you know, the next week mm -hmm. because people don't want to miss it. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, it needs some time mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to, to make this investment one and a half hour every week. This is like a lot sometimes. Yeah. Mm, so you need to make this investment, but uh, afterwards, I, I think it really, mm, you know, it's it's mm, it, it pays off. That's great. Yeah, and, and to, to clarify, what he's saying is, you spend about thirty minutes reading and individually thinking about how you're going to act on the lesson with your team, and then the hour is mm -hmm. is for you actually meet as a group and really get a chance to dig in and talk about either you know what you did, what questions you had about the lesson, what stood out and resonated, and and a lot of things like that that then are more. Uh, action oriented. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so it's, it's some individual investment and then it's also kind of meeting as a meeting as a group. Um, thinking yeah. about the impact then. So you've mentioned that your managers really look forward to it, but how have you seen maybe your leaders change or, or, uh, improvement with any of your leaders? How, how have you actually seen the lessons then lead to, uh, positive impacts for them as leaders? For sure. The, those lessons contribute to the growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see that people are growing. I cannot say that this is the only, let's say, only uh, factor. Of course not. But, um, uh, you know, people having this mindset, this like important building block yeah. um, of their growth. Yeah. Um, and what I mentioned is that the toolbox that we are building yeah. and the common language that we are getting from those lessons. Yes. Uh, sometimes it's that like, you know, one person participated some training, other person, some other, somebody watched some podcast, uh, podcasts or, or something on YouTube and the knowledge is scattered. Yeah. yeah. And now when we are all of, all, all of us is participating in the same, we have this common uh, language and uh, you know the discussions are smoother and uh, we 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 are using the tools you know that are familiar to everyone mm -hmm. um, and of course it creates helps helps uh, create this habit of constant learning and constant discussion mm -hmm. that's great and so it sounds like uh when you're not doing a program are you still meeting as managers 
Yes, of course, of course. When uh, on the rare occasions that we are in between the programs, yeah. as you mentioned, we will be starting the next one uh, soon. Yeah. Mm, uh, we are meeting and then we are discussing, I don't know, about the book or podcast or something. Yeah, that's great. There is always something, but this is after we created this habit yeah, of, of meeting yeah. every week. Now, as a leader, uh, you know, one of the things that actually is an interesting kind of historical note on on the Lighthouse Lessons programs is that when we started, it was just it was just the hey, we're going to send you a lesson to teach you something. The the group edition actually literally came from a, a manager at another company emailing me and being like, hey, Jason, I started meeting with my team to talk about this, but it's uh, kind of time consuming for me to figure out what to do with the meetings. Any chance you could help me out with like making it easier to have that discussion? Um, and so we literally created the group edition because customers told us they needed that help. And so, mm -hmm. um, I'm curious for yourself as a leader, uh, how has kind of what we do to help you prepare for the group discussions? How, how has that impacted you? Um, you know, how much, how much prep do you find you have to actually do before some of these group meetings, uh, in order to make them go well? So that's really, uh, like, like something that, um, saves some some or a lot of time yeah. for us uh, because in fact we 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 are going um, uh, through the list and every time some other person is uh, like a moderator yeah. um, so that's great because um, you know you have to really prepare to moderate the discussion every i think like seven or eight um, weeks mm -hmm. so it's not that 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 much <laughs> <laughs> that frequent Mm, so this is really like some great uh, value added that uh, somebody else prepares agenda for you and you just have to show up <laughs> and of course read, read the read the email before yeah mm, so this really removes the obstacles here yeah? it, mm -hmm. it removes barriers mm -hmm. there is no excuse that all right you just had to read email to <laughs> attend this meeting. Yeah? That's not that much to ask. Yeah. And the, the people that uh, are were frequently saying, all right, I don't have a time, you know, I'm very busy. Uh, they are reading email, those emails and they are coming prepared. Mm -hmm. And that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, because I see that, you know, they are learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the big thing we wanted to do was, was shortcut it while also uh, when we prepare the discussion agendas, we try to give you too many questions on purpose, actually, because we want you to be able to be like, ah, I don't like that one. That's not my style. And the other one mm -hmm. be like, ooh, that is a good one, though. I want to use that. And so it gives you the opportunity to, as a leader, be a curator instead of a creator. You know, uh, the original leader asked us about it was like, I'm spending like, He's like, I'm spending like an hour before the meeting just trying to like think mm -hmm. about what questions we should talk about. And I feel like you probably could do that faster. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> we could. We could because you wrote the lesson. Um, that's true. That's true. But if you, mm -hmm. if you have that list uh, that we provide, it kind of gives you a jump off point for how to get started. We also kind of give you an idea of a good way to structure the meeting with warming people up a little bit. Um, and uh, by, by giving you kind of a long list of potential topics, we try and just spark discussion and, and you can take it wherever you want to. But this way you're not starting empty-handed or from scratch mm -hmm. um okay I, I i'm going to i i need, uh, i'm going to need to wrap up like in five minutes that's fine right? I, so, this is the last question and we're done mm -hmm. so so we're perfect all right cool cool, cool so cool. so right. this has been an awesome discussion i appreciate you sharing what it's been like for you to use lighthouse, lighthouse lessons and so i'm curious kind of final question for you is 
Uh, what advice would you have for someone considering a group learning program like Lighthouse? Who do you think would be a really good fit for it? Mm -hmm. So um, I would recommend this for teams mm -hmm. um, because of the discussion. Yeah, this is the most valuable part. Yeah, um, uh, because the, those lessons are just like excuses or um, motivations yeah. for this exchange of ideas. Yeah. yeah? Especially if your leaders are busy and they don't have time to attend the training or read book yeah. uh, or do something like this. Mm, this is just like, you know, very, very short, very, um, they just need to invest a little bit of time. And this uh, translates to a very good uh, outcome. Yeah. Very, very, as I mentioned, high return on investment. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it would be good to teams. Uh, that are open to discussion, to grow, to exchange information that are busy, kind of busy. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, so this has been an awesome conversation. I want to thank you for joining us, joining us today and sharing what it, what it was like for you and your team uh, trying to uh, improve as leaders under you know limited time and build those bonds by meeting together. And so uh, the final question for you then would just be, uh, how can people find you? I know you mentioned you have your podcast. Uh, at nerd.management for those those that are familiar with the Polish language. Is there anything, any other places you'd like people to check you out? Mm -hmm. I think uh, the best would be to look me up on LinkedIn. Okay. I'm active there and if I do something interesting, I post it on my LinkedIn. So awesome. um, uh, you could you could uh, just uh, search me there and uh, I'm open to, you know, to chat. Awesome, to discussion. great. Well, we will we will include in the show notes a link to to Chris's uh, LinkedIn, so you can check him out. And thanks for joining us. Uh, this has been the Creating High Performing Teams podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jason.